and welcome back to the Take A Trip podcast. This is episode 17 and today I'm going to be covering the Men in Black. I'm going to be jumping into the history of the Men in Black, some sightings and also some other theories surrounding their existence. So right off the bat, the Men in Black might sound a little bit familiar to you because of the 90s sci-fi movie starring Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones. This was one of my all-time favourite sci-fi movies when I was a kid. I was actually obsessed with it. Me and my brother would watch it a disgusting amount of times. Um, If you haven't watched it, which, I mean, I guess most people have, but if you haven't watched it, you should definitely watch it. It's a must. So the Men in Black movie was actually based off of a series of events and conspiracies about two to three very creepy men who were on a mission to silence people who witnessed UFOs and other paranormal events. The men in black are rumoured to be very real individuals. They show up unannounced to people who have recently researched, witnessed or even shared information about a recent UFO or paranormal event. Their main job is to scare, harass, threaten or even assassinate people who may have some form of interest or intent to spread information about a recent UFO or paranormal event. They're said to have this really unnerving energy about them, something that isn't human, and it makes the hairs on the back of your neck stand up when they're in the room. But you can often even sense them before they've even entered the room, and being around them is said to be very sort of anxiety-inducing. They're usually dressed in all-black suits and hats, and their complexion is reported to be abnormally pale. Some people even said that their eyes glow this really strange colour, that's if they don't have their famous black sunglasses on to hide them. They're described as being very tall and slim, they walk in sync and often speak in a monotoned, synchronised manner. They drive a fully blacked out car and, like I said before, they often arrive in twos and threes. Nobody really knows who the men in black actually are or where they even come from. It's a common belief in many conspiracy theories communities that they are sort of government agents with the sole purpose of destroying or hiding evidence of extraterrestrial life. They seem to want to keep reports of paranormal activity and other extraterrestrials out of the public eye. But why? Well, I'll go into why a little bit later. But first, let's have a look at the first sighting of the Men in Black so that we can see what we're kind of working with here. On June the 27th, 1947, Harold Dahl was on a conservation mission in Puget Sound, Washington. His job was to gather logs, and he did this near the eastern shore of Maury Island. Harold said in a report, In the afternoon at around two o'clock, I was patrolling the east bay of Maury Island. I, as captain, was steering my patrol boat close to the shore of the bay on Maury Island. On the boat were two crewmen, my 15-year-old son and his dog. As I looked up from the wheel of my boat, I noticed six very large, donut-shaped aircrafts. Now, Harold said that one of the aircrafts began spewing what seemed like thousands of newspapers from somewhere on the inside of its centre. These new papers, which turned out to be a white type of very lightweight material, fluttered to earth. Dahl reported that there was a substance resembling lava and rocks which fell into their boat, which actually broke one of the workmen's arm and actually ended up sadly killing his family dog. In the midst of all this madness, Harold managed to take a photograph of the aircraft and he showed his supervisor, Fred Chrisman, once he and the other men had got to safety. Fred went back to the site of the UFO and he saw that the aircrafts were still there and he witnessed it with his very own eyes. The next morning, Harold was in a local diner where he was met by the men in black. The men approached him and recounted in extreme detail the UFO sighting that he had just witnessed the day before. After this, one of the men said, What I have said is proof to you that I know a great deal more about this experience of yours than what you will want to believe. 
After they said this, the men in black threatened Harold to never speak of the event again, hinting that something bad was going to happen to him as a consequence if he did so. So as I said before, there's no evidence as to where the men in black actually come from, but theorists strongly believe that they are a part of a government scheme to withhold certain information from the public. It also entertains the idea that the government know way more than what they let on, which sort of panders to the idea that perhaps extraterrestrial life is way closer than what we actually anticipate. Some people even believe that aliens are already a big part of our society. We probably walk past them every day. But if the masses were aware of this, mass hysteria and chaos would obviously ensue. And this is where I fell into a bit of a rabbit hole. So to try and understand why humans might not necessarily be ready to accept extraterrestrial life, I looked into something called the Kardashev scale. The Kardashev scale was proposed by astronomer Nikolai Kardashev, and it is a five-page document called The Transmission of Information by Extraterrestrial Civilizations. What a mouthful. This document basically gives you an outline of the three different types of civilizations by measuring their technological advancement. It sort of looks into the types and ranges of energy which we as humans may utilize for our advantage. So I'll go through the three different types of civilization first before I go any further. Type one civilization is called planetary. And this is where we are able to harness all of the planet's energy from the parent star. And this type of civilization has control over the entire planet's natural forces, such as volcanoes and weather. A type two civilization is called stellar. And this is able to harness all of the energy of the entire host star using the hypothetic concept of a Dyson sphere. This type of civilization is able to occupy other planets and moons in the solar system. And then finally, we have the type 3 civilization, which is known as galactic. A type 3 civilization is in control of energy on the scale of their whole host galaxy. Type 3 are galactic travelers able to move from star to star, colonizing multiple star systems across the entire galaxy. So right now, humanity as we know it is estimated by science to be around 0.7 on the scale, which means we aren't even a type one civilization yet. This is because we haven't actually harnessed the equivalent of the entire energy of the earth as of now. And the time we do do that, we will reach type one. But scientists have predicted that the time it will take us to reach type one will probably be around 70 to 100 years. Multiple people who study UFOs have claimed that the government will reveal Earth's ties with extraterrestrial life once we reach a type 2 civilization, because we would be more advanced as a species and we'd be able to cater more to extraterrestrial life. This kind of goes hand in hand with the men in black, because if you think about it, if the government wanted the masses to remain ignorant to something like UFOs and extraterrestrial life, using something like the men in black would be a very effective way to silence and destroy any evidence of a sighting, thus making the likelihood of mass hysteria over alien life very, very low. So it's kind of smart in my opinion. Now, I'm going to quickly summarise some more of the Men in Black sightings that have been very, very creepy and um, generally give me really bad vibes. All of these stories I have quoted from the Thought Catalogue, shout out to the Thought Catalogue, because they did a, it was sort of like nine stories of uh, situations where people had encountered the Men in Black. So first up, we have Dr. Herbert Hopkins, who was working as a consultant on a UFO case in Maine. One evening, he received a phone call from someone who was pretending to be an activist in the UFO community, and they were asking him if they could visit to discuss the case. Minutes later, the person on the other end of the phone actually arrived. The man was wearing a black suit and tie with very unusual facial appearances. He had no hair, no eyebrows, and was extremely pale. 
According to the night sky, the man in black informed Hopkins that there were two coins in Hopkins' pocket, which was correct, and he asked Hopkins to remove one of the coins. Hopkins complied and held the coin, a shiny new penny, in the palm of his hand. The men in black told Hopkins to watch the coin very closely. After a few moments, the coin took on this silvery appearance and then appeared to be going out of focus. And then it began to fade and eventually it disappeared altogether. The men in black informed Hopkins that the coin would never be seen on this plane again, which I'm guessing means in this field of reality again which kind of goes back to my episode about the uh, sort of simulation theory and the multiverse theory, because that would mean that that theory would be, would be correct. And I mean, if we're talking about aliens and potential, you know, where the men in black are potentially sort of like subhuman, that's kind of interesting. The men in black then inquired as to whether Hopkins would be familiar with the alleged UFO abductee Barney Hill. Hopkins replied that he had actually heard of Hill, but he was under the impression that Hill had died not too distant in the past. The men in black informed Hopkins that that was actually correct. They said that Barney didn't have a heart, just like you, no longer have a coin. It should be noted that Barney Hill actually died of a cerebral hemorrhage though. And the men in black then gently suggested that Hopkins destroy any material related to the UFO case. Now I'm not really sure what happened after this, but I'm guessing that Hopkins was probably very anxious after experiencing someone literally make a coin disappear in front of his face. Um, obviously some people say that this is all fake and that it's not real to each their own. Um, I'll just take it with a pinch of salt. Next up, we have Dr. Albert K. Bender. Now, Dr. Albert K. Bender was a well-written and extremely intelligent researcher. And in 1955, his research was about to really come into fruition because he was prepared to unveil a paper which would prove that the US government had covered up proof of UFOs interesting. He planned to publish his findings in a, I guess it was like a newspaper or a magazine called The Space Review. That was until he was visited by the men in black. Bender claims that three men dressed in black visited him at his home and warned him against pursuing the topic of UFOs any further. The men left Bender scared for his life and he immediately shut down all of his research and the Flying Saucer Bureau, which he worked for. Many people who knew him claimed that Bender was a changed man after this encounter and his later works were described to be sort of nonsense, almost unreadable, and he seemed to live his life in constant anxiety and terror. He would apparently receive these really mysterious phone calls with nobody on the other end. It was just sort of a silent crackling sound, and this would continue until he died in 2002. Next up, we have Paul Miller. Now, Paul Miller was returning home after a hunting trip when he saw a luminous disc in the sky. The disc landed in an empty field and two humanoids emerged from this craft. Miller fired his gun at them and believed to have injured one. And then he fled down the rural road in his car, rightfully so. I'd be pretty scared as well. However, in that moment, he realized he had lost time. It was almost three hours later than when he had first encountered the craft. He shrugged it off and went back to his Air Force job for the day. However, upon entering work, he was immediately confronted by three men in black suits. They told him that they, quote, had his file. Despite having told nobody about the event, the men both told Paul that they knew all about it, and they mentioned that the encounter would be best forgotten. Paul was quoted saying, they seemed to know everything about me, where I worked, my name, everything else. And they also asked questions about his experiences, and they sort of asked them as if they already actually knew the answers, which is kind of creepy. And Miller was so scared to the point where he didn't actually speak on this encounter until many years after it happened. 
And last of all, we have Dan Aykroyd. He is a known actor and he came forward about his story about how he was going to tape a show about the paranormal, but something kind of intervened. So he was in the middle of recording and he stepped out to take a phone call from Britney Spears, who was asking him to appear on the Saturday Night Live with her. But when he was on the phone, he noticed this really creepy black car parked across the street. A tall, pale man stepped out of the Ford and stared him down. Aykroyd turned away for a moment, and then when he turned back around, he found that the car and the man had completely vanished. After he finished his phone call, he returned to the studio to learn that his show had been cancelled and he was ordered to stop filming immediately. Some people doubt this claim, but Aykroyd says that he knew what he saw, and he maintains that there was some kind of connection between the men in black and the end of his paranormal show. Now, I think Dan Aykroyd's story, especially because it's more recent, is really interesting because um, his mind instantly went to the men in black. And he even said that he saw this tall, pale man just staring at him from across the road. And this is like seconds before they said that his show was unable to be recorded anymore. I just think it's really interesting that that would happen, that specific chain of events would happen. And... I don't know. I just think the men in black, there's a good possibility that they exist. I'm kind of creeped out. I don't really like the sound of them. Um, I wish they were as funny as the men in black in the movie, but they don't sound like such a joke to me. They sound pretty scary. But let me know what you guys think. Go and head over to my Instagram at Take a Trip Podcast and give me your thoughts on what you think about the men in black. I'm sorry this was a bit of a short episode. I mean, there's not like a whole bunch of information out there and most of the stories were kind of cut short. Uh, which is fitting for, you know, the whole theme of like not being able to talk too much about a specific thing. A lot of these stories were just put down as hoaxes. Um, You know, the first sighting that they had, the FBI actually put this down as a hoax, which is, I don't know, it depends what your view is on extraterrestrial life and just the government in general. Um, Me personally, I feel like the Men in Black is a very, very high possibility of being like a real, at least organization or like, real people who exist because the whole mass hysteria thing is just like it makes sense you know like it makes sense why the government would not want to draw attention to something that is so like controversial and some people believe that aliens exist other people don't you know if the government were to come out and say hey there's actually aliens that they exist and they're actually in society right now i guess it would freak a lot of people out and um it would just be really unsettling to know but yeah, like I said, go and follow me over at Take a Trip Podcast. And don't forget the over on Demon FM, I have every Wednesday a show with my friend called Auntie Hour. So if you're interested in that, go ahead and uh, give us a listen. It's every Wednesday, 6 till 7 GMT. And yeah, I hope you enjoyed this short little episode on the Men in Black. Um, I'm probably going to go and watch the movie now because I feel like I need to, to kind of ease my nerves because looking into this was really, really creepy. Um, I'm going to post some pictures on my Instagram of some of the people that I mentioned and also some of the um, sort of resources that I used, um, especially the Kardashev scale. I thought that was really interesting. I've heard of the Mile Higher podcast mentioned that a few times and looking into it was really, really interesting. I feel like I kind of want to do like an episode on just that alone, just really take a deep dive on it. But yeah, thank you so much for listening to episode 17. I hope you have a wonderful day or night or whatever you're doing. I hope you have a wonderful time and check in with me again next Friday for episode 18, which I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it's exciting. Bye.